Hey Amarillo, I'm Jason Boyette, and you're listening to Hey Amarillo, the interview podcast featuring some of the most interesting people and stories of Amarillo, Texas. Hey Amarillo is supported by Lazy Boy Home Furnishings. You know Lazy Boy as a national brand, but some of its stores are independently owned and operated, and that includes the one here in Amarillo. It's owned by the Hawkins family. Lazy Boy has a ton of Black Friday deals this week and lots of inventory, and it's way more than just recliners. Visit Amarillo's locally owned Lazy Boy Home Furnishings today at 3636 Sansi. Today's guest is Crystal Solis. Crystal grew up here in Amarillo, and she's been in the local hair industry for 22 years. She got her start by taking cosmetology vocational classes at Paladuro High School. Well, she's part of the team now at Braxton Paul Salon, which moved fairly recently to downtown Amarillo from a location at the mall. And Crystal has a good story because just a few weeks ago, she got asked to do on-location hairstyling for a wedding in Florida. First, it was going to be for a regular client, and then it turns out it was for that client's good friend. And that friend turns out to have been Sarah Bulos, whose son Michael was getting married to Tiffany Trump, daughter, of course, of the former president. And so that Florida wedding was the one at Mar-a-Lago. And so we talk about Crystal's career and the winding road that led to her doing hair for such a high-profile wedding. Here's Crystal Solis. Crystal Solis, welcome to the Hey Marilla podcast. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm honored to talk to you. And I want to start with you the same way that I start with all my guests. And that's just to ask you how you ended up in this area. So what brought you to Amarillo? I was actually born and raised. Okay. So um, the neighborhood I grew up in was near Eastridge Elementary. All right. Um, I lived in a trailer court kind of close by there between Eastern Street and Fridge Highway. So, all right. So way up in the northeast side of town then. Yes. Right? Correct. Do you know like how your family or your parents got here or do you know anything about that? I mean, I want to say that I think my mom talked about it, you know, many times growing up that it was something that before it was a great opportunity to try to come here with other family. Mm -hmm. So they all just kind of came on one car, brothers, uh, her being the only sister. They actually owned a home there in Eastridge. So that's how they became like there in that area. Okay. So, what kind of work did they do? That I kind of don't know. She always talked about field work. She always talked mm. about. Um, I think her younger her younger age, you know, she did more of that. But she, I mean, there's been so much of it, so mm-hmm. it's a lot. I just knew growing up, my mom was a housekeeper. Okay. So that's how it became one of her careers that she did growing up with us. So you went to Paladuro I did. So middle school was Travis Middle School, and then it was Paladuro High School. Okay. And when you were at Paladuro, like, did you know career-wise what you wanted to do? Did you have any idea of that? I actually did. And the crazy thing was is I go back to Eastridge because I think that's what got my spark going. Hmm. I was around 11, 10, 11. We were in fifth grade. We had a career day. And I still remember this as a kid. Um. Paulo Duro actually brought different uh, just classes that they were offering there at the school. I remember one was having to do with like home ec. The other one was having to do with mechanics. Mm-hmm. I remember them saying somebody from Pantex 
like was there with engineer work. And of course, one was cosmetology. So I remember walking in the room and those tables that were like shaped like rainbows, Mm -hmm. they had mannequin heads all the way around them. And I remember just seeing it and just thinking, wow, this is so cool. They had different styles, perms, cuts. Like I remember I just found it so intriguing and thinking at that age, man, when I go to Powderall High School, I want to join cosmetology. Yeah. So, of course, when I got to PD, um, I never played any sports. You know, I, we actually went behind our parents' back just because we we weren't poor, but we weren't also very fortunate to have a lot of money either. Mm-hmm. We worked a lot of side jobs. So sports was out of the equation. We could never be in sports. We went behind our, our parents' back and actually got into sports. We got into soccer. So I played it my freshman and sophomore year, but when it came my junior year, I was like, okay, I don't think I'm that good of a soccer player. I don't think I'm going to make it pro. So I saw cosmetology was being offered, and I thought, you know what? I I, want to do it. Like, I said something that, you know, this is what I wanted. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go for it. So my junior and senior year, I did take the program, um, which is crazy because in high school, I probably paid no more than $250 to get my license, which is nothing. Wow, okay. Compared to now. I mean, now... That I know of, I want to say it's up there like 17000 Wow. Around there. That much? It, I think so. Okay. I mean, they offer financial aid, mm-hmm. and my mentor is actually Wade Hagler. You know, he owns the Wade Gordon Academy here in Amarillo. So I know they offer that, and they have more opportunities, you know, with that going on. But yeah, after I graduated, class of 2000, I had my license, and I was ready to get into a salon. So... From there, um, my first salon I worked at, and a good friend of mine, an old friend from high school, got me in her sister's salon by Mar Roden Boulevard. So there I worked for about a year. Um, it really wasn't working as I thought it would. You know, they did a lot of shampoo sets, elder ladies. Like, mm-hmm. I was young. I was, like, hungry for fashion. Yeah, I you was, didn't want to do, like, old lady hair. No, or perms all <laughs> yeah. the time. Like, I just, I was just, like... There has to be more than just this. So um, I ended up getting out of that salon. And during that time, I was 18. I was doing hair part-time. I was working at Sam's Club on Ross. Okay. And I was helping my parents with part-time jobs. And they did a lot of cleaning offices. Um, one of our member, uh, they cleaned the modeling agency for Diane Dick when she was back in the Wolfland area. Mm-hmm. So, And my mom, because she was a housekeeper, Diane gave her the place to clean twice a week well from there she got referred to the plants so my mom started cleaning for the plants and she would take us on saturdays to go help her well then they offered her to clean the salon and that was whenever it was back then on olsen street Mm -hmm. and it was a bigger building so from there i got to see the salon i mean i started seeing it more and more and i was like this is cool and i mean carolyn and johnny you know were really cool hairdressers back then in the 90s so from there, um, I had my license. I did apply with the plants, and I didn't get a call back. I'm pretty sure because I didn't fit in the style, which is okay. Okay. You know, you get you get one door shut, but that doesn't mean don't give up. Like, just keep trying. Are, are some salons like that, are look, they looking for somebody who has a specific expertise or focus or style? Like, it's it's not just if you cut hair, you can work for us, but, but they're looking for you to kind of fit within the – the vibe or the culture of that yes, salon? Yes, exactly. Okay. Like they see, and I mean, they they look at you closely and say, okay, 
does this girl have potential to be a nurse a lot? You know, what kind of vibe does she bring? What kind of, you know, more or less like that. Mm -hmm. So I didn't fit in at that moment, which I, it, it was a little discouraging, but that still didn't like, it didn't make me give up. Well, the year that I stopped doing hair, I was working full-time at Sam's and I became friends with a really, really cool lady named Kathy Bird, which she passed away a couple of years ago from cancer. Um, I, our conversation came up and I said something about having a license and she was like, honey, what are you doing here? And I'm like working. And she's like, no, what are you doing at Sam's club? You need to get in a salon. And I mean, I kind of was like iffy. I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to go back to that. I had already had a couple of experiences, you know, getting into a salon. You don't get clientele. Mm -hmm. We barely got walk-ins. There was nothing but sets and perms. Like, I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. And income is sort of irregular, too. Like, you're dependent on people to walk in as yes. opposed to a steady paycheck from Sam's. Yes. And I didn't make, I mean, back then, I probably made $80 a, a week. Wow. And I put in probably 35 hours a week. Mm -hmm. And I thought I made it, but it still wasn't enough. And I was still living with my parents. I was 18. So from there, um, she was like, I'm going to get a hold of somebody. I want I want, I want, want to get you in a salon. I was like, really? So her hairdresser was Martin Sandoval. And he was from Salon Gallery of Hair. So from there, she talked to him. Well, he calls me and he's like, hey, I have a friend that's opening in a salon. You know, you can be an assistant. And I thought... I'm going to go for it. Yeah, sure, sure. I don't care. Put my foot in the door. Give me, you know, I'm, I'm willing to do anything. Mm -hmm. I don't care. Minimum wage, whatever. Calls me back shortly, and he's like, hey, it didn't work out. You know, but I got you an interview with Wade Hagler at Tony and Guy. And Tony and Guy back then was in the mall. That salon was intimidating because you would walk by, and you would see all those hairdressers were white. I mean, all white, mm -hmm. head to toe. At one moment, I even thought, Dang, you have to be rich to work there. You know, and you're a hairdresser. You're just yeah, like, yeah. I was so intimidated by it. But I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. Well, of course, Wade interviewed me and, you know, told me about the company, how you can work hard, how, you know, you start off on commission, you get all this education, you're an apprentice, and then from there you get on the floor, you know, you go through all this thorough training. And he was right. It was a lot of training. It was a lot of thorough. It was assisting it wasn't just washing hair. It was running to the bank. It was, you know, getting lunch for everybody. It mm -hmm. was, I was his assistant. But I was like, you know what? This is what it takes. I'll do it. And as I got to know some of the stylists more, there was girls there that went to Eastridge, that lived in Eastridge. Okay. So, so that, I mean, it wasn't rich people. No, there was no there. rich people. Like, I just had that whole, like, mind in my head. And I thought, okay, never mind. I mean, yes, it was cool because I had, I met some really cool stylists that, actually went to Emerald High or Tascosa, River Road, like these girls and, you know, one of my educators, they were all from this area. Mm -hmm. So I thought, oh, okay, so it's not that intimidating. You know, you got to know them. You had the good work ethic. So for then, we just specialized in cut, worked commission for years. After three and a half years, um, I actually wanted to do more. So I got put in the assistant manager program there. And then eventually he became locally owned. He was Wade Gordon Salon. Mm -hmm. um, and then from there, he opened Wade Gordon Academy. And then after a while, he opened Braxton Paul Salon. And Braxton Paul Salon was the high-end salon from Wade Gordon. He had too many stylists. And mm -hmm. he wanted somewhere else to go. So that's when he came up with Braxton Paul, okay. more of a high-end salon in Georgia. 
So I was working at both back and forth so many days here, so many days there. Um, eventually, I actually became manager of the Wade Gordon location. And by then it was in Parkway. So it was across Target behind Best Buy. Right. I managed that one for probably three, four years. Uh, then we went ahead and commission wasn't working. Things started changing. Uh, the stylist, you know, weren't making as much as they could. So we grew back together and decided we were going to get rid of Wade Gordon Salon. And everybody just merged to Braxton Paul Salon. And we became independent contractors. So with all these years, you know, putting in, I think I was already there probably a good, I would say, 13, 12 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I had learned, you know, the work ethic, you know, stay late, come in early, don't turn clients down, accommodate, you know, complimentary bank trims. I was already starting to be molded to the stylist. And on top of that education, you know, just be, if you have goals, you're going to hit them, you know, all the way around, you know, talk the way you talk to clients. And on top of that, I was in management. So, I mean, I had all this stuff that I was just learning, you know, and I I give a lot of things to Wade mm-hmm. because I feel like he was very patient with me. Because, and I say that because a lot of the way I talked and the way I presented myself, he was like, Crystal, you know, you, you're smart. You know, you graduated from high school. Like, you're a great stylist. Like, let's, I just, I say that because I feel like he molded me to who I was. Okay. And I am now. Like I, oh, I owe him a lot for that, and he is a great mentor to this day. We have a really good relationship. So, and from there, I mean, we became independent contractors, so we we're our own bosses. So I just would do clients. You know, you'd have your own schedule. I already had a great clientele. Always working Saturdays. Mm-hmm. And would you like rent space at that salon? Is that sort of how that worked? You yes. had your booth space, but then you were. Self-employed. Yes. And you were responsible for everything. You were responsible for your product, your color, uh, confirming your clients, making your clients. Like back then, you know, we had a receptionist. And of course, when they got rid of it, now it became all on us. Right. So because I was manager, I was good on staying on top of myself. Like I had already been taught how to take care of clients and how to do it all. That I already had it down. You know, like my clients were everything to me. So if they were upset, I would text them. Or if, if they weren't happy, I'd make sure, you know, I'd guarantee my work. Because that's just so important. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't just let anybody just walk out the door and be unhappy. Because, you know what, like Wade always told us, with one upset client, they're going to go and tell 10 other clients not to come in. Yeah. So it was important, you know, to make sure that we stayed, we we took care of our clients. The end of, you know, this process, um, you know, that, that took you 20 years to sort of build up to where you are. Tell me where you are now. Like, what does your career look like? Well, my career now is I still work full time. Mm-hmm. We recently actually moved downtown. Uh, we merged with now the owner. He did sell it over to Amanda uh, Perrick. So she had another salon open downtown, um, Braxton Paul II. And we decided let's, to go ahead and merge both salons together because she had a junior staff and we have more senior staff. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, I still have the same work ethic. I have the same work ethic as I did when I first got put on the floor. Of course, I do very well, but I also put the time in. Yeah. Like, I mean, literally, I'm sometimes I'm the first one there and sometimes I'm the last one leaving. Um, I'm squeezing in, constantly accommodating clients. My career is very successful from where I started. There's a change like that in changing locations, like going from out near the mall and now you're downtown. Does that impact your clients at all or do the people who follow you, they'll just follow you? wherever you want to go well a lot of them are like 
wherever you go, I'll go. Okay. And I, I did. I was scared. It is, it is scary because I don't jump around. Mm -hmm. You know, and when I think about the company, I've moved around four times, but I've been with the same people. Right. So, and this past month, I've been with them for 21 years, but in the industry, I've been over for 22. So that says a lot. Like if, you know, the grass isn't greener on the other side, it's greener where you water it. So a lot of my clients that I've had since day one, you know, 20 some years and up until like a couple months, I have a different variety. I had a couple, a handful, they were a little like, I don't like it over here. I don't like it. But I'm, but they say they didn't like it because they're never down there. But once they came in the salon and saw the salon, they were like, oh, never mind. Mm -hmm. This is cute. I like it. It's more modern. It's more up to date. And that's what we wanted. And we tell them, we're like, yeah, look, rain is right there. Yeah, look, that Italian restaurant, I've never been there, but I want to go because it's so good. We're by Sushi House. We're by Crush. Mm -hmm. Like, we have all these restaurants around there. So, I mean, they're like, oh, okay, that sounds awesome. Then they're okay. And I do the same work, so they're happy. And that's, I mean, that's one of the things. Talk about downtown and how we need to have more life down there. We need to revitalize it. And when you have businesses that are not tied to, like, I'm only here for work. You know, you need to have restaurants. You need to have salons. You need to have bars and things like that that will bring people there who are not there just to punch the clock and then go home. And so that, I, I think that that's is one of those components, you know, that brings people downtown who might not otherwise be there. Right. And the cool thing about it is, and, and I'll say this. So because if you Google by salons in Amarillo, Braxton Paul is going to come up on the list. So anytime I have a new client in my chair, you know, of course, I'm going to ask, how did you hear about us? One is, how did you hear? Mm -hmm. And they'll say, I Googled best salons and yours came up. So then my second question is always, do you live in Amarillo? Because I'm curious. Because we live in a surrounding area. You know, we're the heart mm -hmm. of the panhandle. We get them from everywhere. Really? Everywhere. So they'll drive into Amarillo just to get yes. their hair done. And I mean, it's, and that's all my regular clients are too. That's mm -hmm. why I work Saturdays. My Saturdays, I get them from Oklahoma. I get them from Pampa. I get them from... New Mexico. I've even gone sometimes from Colorado. Okay. I mean, my furthest clients that are brand new, I've got one all the way from Paris. Who can say that? Yeah. Paris. And I'm like, Paris, Texas? No. I'm like, you came across the world? How and they just, yeah, here? they just were here and they needed they, a haircut? Or? Not even here. That's a crazy thing. They had family in Raton. Okay. So then they were like, well, I knew I was going to come to Amarillo. So I Googled best salons in Amarillo hmm. and y'all came up. And I looked at your reviews, Crystal, and I saw your clients are really happy. So I wanted to try. And I'm thinking, she's going to want something crazy. She's going to want something that yeah. kind of deal. She wanted the most simplest thing. And I'm like, you're in the capital of fashion world. How did Paris not get you what you needed? Yeah. I was like, dang, that's cool. And then I had another client that lived here and moved to Germany. She still comes into town twice a year. Wow. So I'm like, and I'm like, I'm going to send you a confirmation. And she's like, I don't think I, you can send me a confirmation. I don't know if he'll take an international confirmation. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, just know this is the date of your appointment. <laughs> so, I mean, it's neat. You know, and even I've had clients from California. I've had some seek out because I've had the opportunity to go to New York three different times whenever we were with TG and Wade helped out in those times for us to go get education. And we stayed in Soho mm -hmm. and Manhattan. I've gotten clients reach out all the way from New York to come in and be like, oh, I heard you were in New York City. Can you do my hair? A lot of relationship and trust that sometimes is more important than proximity, you know, or whether yes. you're... You're close by their home or, or something like that. Yeah. 
I'm interested in the fact that I think we talk a lot about people from the outside the Panhandle or outside Amarillo come to Amarillo from Pampa or Dumas or Dalhart, you know, to shop or to go to the doctor or to see a movie. But like we don't think about it in terms of the service industry, you know, where they're coming to get their nails done or get their hair done because some of those options aren't available right. in, in some of those small towns. And I, that's interesting to hear that. It is. And like I, I'll say for one, one example. I remember um, – we have a couple of clients from Canadian, Texas. Mm -hmm. And when they started coming to us years ago, they were like, oh, we have this lady there. Everybody's hair looks the same, color <laughs> cut. Yeah. And we want something different. And of course, our job was or is to make that person an individual, not to get them the same cookie cut cut. Mm -hmm. It had to be like, okay, you look good at this. You look good with this color. And that's how they started to feel. So to them, it was worth them driving all the way from Canadian, Texas to come into the salon to get something different. And they've stayed hmm. loyal clients to us because of that, because they get that service every single time. All right. That's interesting. Um, so I understand that uh, you had uh, a client who took you to Florida to do her hair. Yes. And I wonder if you could tell me that story. I feel like that's a story that local people might find interesting. Yes. Okay. So um, I have a client that came in from Clarington, Texas. Mm -hmm. Okay. So she came in and I've, I've had her for probably like a good five years. And the last year she finally really opened up to me. So we, we had a, now we have a connection. She lived in Clarendon? Yes. Lived she lives for... in Clarendon. Yeah. Before that, I want to say probably before she started coming in and she did, did the same thing. She Googled us, all the reviews, like came in, got a, an appointment and then just stayed loyal mm -hmm. to the salon. So before that, she actually lived in Key West. So, I mean, that's her destination before okay. Clayton, okay? Do you know why she was in Clarendon? Clarendon. I'm sorry, Clarendon. Do you know um, what brought her here? She was married. Well, her daughter lives here. Okay. And I think her dad lives here. So I think that was the reason why she decided to be near her daughter because her daughter's 17. She's a senior in high school. Right. So that was the reason she did that. So one random Saturday in August, she comes in and I'm cutting her daughter's hair. And she's like, Crystal... I'm going to Florida for a wedding. Um, my good friend's son is getting married. And I would really like for you to go. And I was like, okay. And she's like, it's a very, very important wedding. And I'm like, okay, your best friend's son? Okay. Mm -hmm. And she's like, we had to get clearance for the wedding. And as I'm, I'm literally cutting her daughter's bangs, mm -hmm. I'm looking at her and I'm like, why are you... Like, she's kind of, I could tell she's adamant about it, but she's not saying all Yeah, that. she's not giving you all the no. information. And I go, where is this wedding? And she goes, West Palm Beach, Florida. And I'm like, ooh, that's very nice. Mm -hmm. And I, I had just, I went back, I went to Miami in April. I thought it was gorgeous. So mm -hmm. I can imagine that whole area. And I don't even know. Like, I'm kind of like, okay. And then I go, wow, Florida. And she goes, Crystal, we had to get clearance. And I go, Clearance? well, whose wedding is this? And she looked around the whole salon. You know, there's probably like five stylists there. And she goes, it's Tiffany Trump's wedding. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what? And then I look at her daughter and she's like, yeah. And I'm like, you're serious. Ex-president Trump's daughter. Mm -hmm. And he, she goes, yes, it's her wedding. And I said, tell me more about it. And she's like, well, they're going to have a rehearsal and then they're going to have the wedding. And She's always texts me to come in to curl her hair because mm -hmm. she'll go on dates or just to fix her hair up. And I've always done that. So for her to ask me to do this, like, I love to travel. So I'm like, really? For real? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, 
okay, let's do it. And she goes, okay, I'll get the room. You get your flight and then I'll pay you for the hair. And I said, deal. So we shook on it. She's like, don't say anything. Don't say anything at all. I'm like, how am I going to not say anything? And I'm like, I kept my mouth shut. So weeks later, she comes in for a bang trim. And I'm like, let's see if she says anything. And she's like, okay, so we're going to have to land it. When we land in Fort Lauderdale, because we had to land there because of time crunch. By the time we flew over there to West Palm Beach, the rehearsal was at four and she wasn't going to make it. And I had to do both their hair. Okay. So I was like, crap, what do we do? She was like, we're going to go to Fort Lauderdale. I'm going to get us a limo. And then it's about a good, I think she said it was probably like a good 40 minute, 45 minute drive. And then we'll get to the resort and then we'll, we'll do our hair and then we'll go. And I said, okay. And to the resort, that's Mar-a-Lago. Well, not right? the Mar-a-Lago. Or, or that was a different one. Okay. Because she said that she got offered to stay at the Mar-a-Lago, but it was too pricey. Got it. So she was like, I got She's staying at a close-by resort. Yes, a close-by, which between the Mari Lago and there, it was probably like a good 25-minute drive. Okay. Okay. So I said, okay, that's cool. Well, she's like, do you want to see the invitation? And I'm like, nah, it's okay. She's like, no, you need to see the invitation. <laughs> and I have a client in my chair that was from Wellington. And she's her daughter's about to get married. So she's literally like, minding her own business. I'm doing her hair. Well, she comes inside. And when she comes inside with it, it's a book. It is literally a carbon carbon stock book, like thick. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I go, you're going to show it to my client? And she goes, sure, why not? And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm glad my client's sitting down because she's going to freak out. So she shows it to my client. And my client, like, I can't see. And we're like, girl, you better see. You better put it up close. Because I'm still in shock about it. So, like, she looks at the invitation. And she's like, President Donald Trump. Oh, my God. And, like, she freaks out. And I'm like, can I take this to the owner? Can I show it to her? And she's like, of course. So I walk over to the owner and I'm like, my hands are shaking. Because I'm like, I don't want to drop it. I don't want to yeah. mess it up. Like, I think this is so cool. It was cool. too precious. It was way too precious. And she said she was going to frame it. So hmm. I show it to Amanda and Amanda's like, oh my gosh. And then her client's like, ooh, I love those kinds of invitations. And then she, when she sees it, she's in shock too. So I'm just like, oh my gosh, like we're, we're all like, this is so neat. So weeks later, after that, after that incident, she calls me and she had told me before. She was like, hey, um, you might get a chance to do Sarah's hair. And Sarah is Michael uh, Buelos' mom. Okay. okay. And Michael is the groom. Michael who's is marrying the groom. Tiffany. Tiffany. Right. Yes. He's like, you, you probably can do Sarah's hair. And I'm like, no, she probably has a celebrity hairdresser. There's no way she's going to want me to do her mm-hmm. hair. Like. And she had asked me, she was like, hey, what are your, what is your Instagram for business? I, she wants to see your work. And I was like, and the thing that sucks was because of social media, I had, and I've had a ton of work that I've done. I've done a lot of on-location weddings. My furthest is San Antonio and Denver. I mean, I've, I've done all the surrounding areas. Like, I've gone to things like that. So I, back then, we didn't have social media. Right, right. I'm like, I can you do it. You didn't have the full record. I don't of have the full stuff. record. This is so unfair. And not only that, we've had hair shows like here in Amarillo we've had um I've taught in at the school I've done a guard class classes I've done updo classes like I have all this work inside me but I don't have nothing to show so I'm just devastated but I give her what I have I'm like okay there you go so she doesn't say anything else well literally two weeks before the wedding she calls me on my day off and she's like Crystal Sarah fired her hairdressers and I'm like why and she goes they're trying to take advantage of her and i'm like really she goes yeah they're trying to charge her too much because hmm. they knew that she 
yeah. came from a powerful family or what's going to be a pretty Exactly. Powerful and they knew she would pay. Yeah. And it was a ridiculous amount. So mm-hmm. I was like, she goes, would you be willing to do Sarah's hair? And I go, if I have enough time. So she's like, okay, well, let me talk to her. So she talks to her and then she comes back and she's like, she wants you to do her hair, her younger daughter, Sophie, eldest daughter, her daughter-in-law. I go four. So I'm like four of them and two of them, that's mm-hmm. six in one day. I can handle it. But the situation is, is how far are the resorts? I didn't know it was Mori Logo at the time. I did not know at all yet. So I was like, oh my gosh, what do I do? So I get off the phone with her and then I'm like, I think I need to bring somebody. So I start thinking of all the hairdresser friends that I have, who I've worked with, who can be the best candidate. So of course, I ask one of my real good friends that we did a hair show with, Gabby Chavez. And Gabby Chavez has been in the industry for about six, seven years. She's reliable. We've ran a segment together. You know, she's great, amazing about social media. So I call her and I'm like, hey, if this happens, are you willing to go? The airplane tickets were already sky high. Mm -hmm. And she was like, oh, my God, are you serious? And I said, yeah, I'm serious. She's like, yeah, yeah, let me know. So I call my client and I'm like, is there any way I can take somebody? To help and she was oh my gosh of course take somebody so i call her back and i go get the tickets get the airplane tickets so she gets some well then from there i'm i'm still communicating with my client as i'm communicating with her she's she's sending me pictures of how they want their hair designer pictures of what their dresses are going to mm-hmm. look like she even randomly is like sarah just sent me the ballroom do you want to see the ballroom and i'm like uh yeah sure <laughs> I'm like, and all this is in text. And I'm just like, wow, like, this is amazing. So, and in my impression, I'm like, okay, well, we're going to probably go to another resort close by and do hair and then go back. While well, I'm talking to my client and I go, yeah, Gabby wants to go by the Mari logo and take a picture and say that we got to be by there, that we got to have this experience. And my client goes, what are you talking about? Y'all are doing hair in the Mari logo. And I go, what? Are you serious? And she goes, Yes, you didn't know that. And I go, I didn't put two and two together. I was like, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, wow. Well, from there, I was like, I called Gabby. And on top of that, I had to do the two, three girls that I had to do. And then I had to run back. I had to drive another 25 minutes back to the other resort to do my, my clients. Yeah. So they wanted someone to stay behind to touch up their hair. So I told Gabby, girl, I got to go do the hair. You're going to have to stay behind. And she was like, at the Mori logo. And I said, you'll be fine. She's like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. So she got to stay there while I went back and I finished their hair, which it was such a time crunch. And I did stress out a little bit because mm-hmm. I'm a perfectionist. I want to yeah. make sure that everybody's happy. And Well, and you want it to be done close to the event, but you can't stagger it out to like 12 no. hours early or something. Are you, like a salon that you used there? Like where, where did you set up to do everything Okay, being a resort? I mean, did you use something on premises? Yes. Um, when we got there, they took us to Sarah, and we got to meet her whole family. Mm-hmm. So from there, she took us up to the Mariposa Suite. And the Mariposa Suite was, I guess, one of their best rooms where the restaurant area was and then the bar. It went up a staircase, and Tiffany's room was only like so many doors away or around the corner. So there, it was a regular room, and because me and my friend Gabby got there, we got first dibs on where we wanted to set up. Mm -hmm. So we grabbed the round table, plugged everything in, and had it set. And they had told us there was going to be other makeup artists. So another girl showed up, and she ended up setting up by the dresser, and from there, we just started doing hair. Okay. So 
I mean, we had we were just in a regular room. As long as yeah. I had a table, I you had didn't a chair. need the special chair or anything. No, like and that. the mirror, I had a hand mirror. Okay. Like I was wow. like, and we'll get it all started. So from there, I mean, we did hair. I got done. I ran to the resort. Well, when I got done with them, they were like, "Hey, why don't you go with this back?" So Gabby's not by herself. And I said, "Sure, I'll go with y'all." So I hitch a ride with them back to Marilago, which they wouldn't open the doors till four. And they're so punctual, they got there 15 minutes early. Mm -hmm. And I mean, security was not letting us in. Like, they were not going to like, they were refusing to let any guest in until four o'clock. So we had to drive around a couple blocks just to kill time. So we get in, they have their name on the list. My name is not on the list. It was on the other list in the morning. And I had to tell the guy, here's my... ID, here's my passport. Mm-hmm. I was just here. I did Sarah Bosa's hair. I'm like, I was in the Mariposa suite. My friend Gabby Chavez is there. Well, because so many people were coming in, they just let me go in. Wow. So I was like, cool. Like, I'm like, I got in. So I walk in, and from there, my client's like, hey, do you know where to go? And I'm, I'm only like, I've only met the Buelos family. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to see Tiffany. I didn't get to see anybody else. So I'm going back up to the room. And this is pretty neat. So I made my way up to the room, and as I'm going up to the staircases, I'm like, okay, I already know where to go, go to the room. As soon as I get up there, Trump is standing right by the bar, Hmm. and Secret Service is all the way around him. I forget where I'm going. I, like, completely freeze. Like, I just go blank, and I'm like, what am I doing? Is that really happening? Is that really him? Like, that's cool. Well, I somehow turned left on the bar. He ended up in a dead end. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's not the direction I went, I came to. So I go the other direction. And I'm too nervous to talk to him. I wouldn't even know what to say to him. So I go by the staircase. And as I get there, he's by the end of the bar. And I literally get to the end of the bar. And I'm just going to go up the staircase. Well, Sarah's coming downstairs. And she stops right there. And the Secret Service is talking to her. He's right behind me. And I turn around and we exchange a smile. And then I'm like, oh, my God, get out of the way. i got to get up there. I'm like, <laughs> i got to go. So I didn't get to talk to him or anything. But I had a pretty close run-in with him. Yeah, it was just, close encounter. It was a close encounter. Like, I thought it was pretty cool. So we walk out of the room. We're like, as well watch the wedding. So from a far distance, you could see Tiffany being walked down the aisle hmm. with her dad. And then you see her dad give, you know, I want to say, I think he hugs her and then shakes and then hugs Michael and then hands Tiffany over to Michael. So, I mean, you saw, I mean, we saw the whole thing. We didn't record all of it because we were like, we wanted to enjoy the moment, you know, and just to see everything around. But there it is. And so I'm thinking about you in that situation and then having grown up, you know, in a trailer park near Eastridge and like looking back at that, does does that surprise you that you've ended up doing something like, uh, obviously you didn't plan on that, but like just the scope of your career and, and what you've been able to do, does that feel like you're in the right place or does it still feel like kind of a surprise? I feel like it's both. It's like, I look back and I'm like, dang, like I, I literally came this far mm-hmm. and I like, I still feel like I have more to go. That's the crazy thing about it. Um, I still feel like I'm growing as a stylist. I feel like I'm barely like, just barely like tapping the glass of it, you know, to just, be in this industry i'm in shock and i'm just like wow and that's my biggest thing about all of it is it doesn't matter where you come from episode of hey Morello is also supported by dr eddie sauer who practices general dentistry at shimon dental group eddie has been my dentist since i was in college he's taken care of my kids teeth ever since 
they had teeth. And Dr. Sauer is a national speaker on Invisalign. He uses that technology to improve his patient's smiles and positioning, and that included members of my family. We were very satisfied with that approach, especially compared to metal braces. You can learn more by following Shimon Dental on Facebook or visit shimondental.com. That's S-H-E-M-E-N. And if you are a regular listener to this podcast, you probably also know about the local magazine I co-founded. It's called Brick and Elm. You can see it on local newsstands, you can see it at United Supermarkets, Market 33, and a lot of different locations. And maybe you've seen it and you know about it. You might not know about two free email newsletters associated with it. One is called Brickly, and it arrives every Tuesday as a weekly news roundup about Amarillo and Canyon, and I enjoy writing this every week. The other one is called Flavorillo, and it lands in your inbox every other Thursday. This is a guide to local food, drink, restaurant-related events, reviews, and a lot more. Both of these newsletters, Brickly and Flavorillo, are free, and you can subscribe to them at brickandelm.com. That's brickandelm.com. Okay, I'm back with Crystal Solis. Crystal, this is part of the show I call Eight Straight. Straight is sponsored every week by Panhandle Plains Historical Museum in Canyon. It's the largest history museum in Texas, and its collection includes the fossilized impression of a palm leaf discovered in Paladuro Canyon uh, from about 200 million years ago. So I thought that might have a little bit of a, a Palm Beach, West Palm Beach connection. Our I love that. climate is very different now than that humid one there, but apparently there were palm trees here at some point. Uh, you can learn more about that at panhandleplains.org. Hey, uh, when you think of Amarillo 10 years from now, what do you hope for? For it to continue to grow as it's growing. I mean, it is already expanding as much as it is. So just to see it much bigger, more of a bigger city than just a small, big town. You know, okay. it's that's what I want to see in it. Other than wind, what does this area have too much of? I don't think it has too much of anything. I mean, other than the wind... As a hairdresser, that might bother you or your clients. Yeah, you know? it does. Walking out of the car today, I'm like, it's so windy, but I know we can have it worse. Mm -hmm. But I don't think we have too much of anything necessarily. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so what does this area not have enough of? I feel like what it doesn't have enough of is probably more outdoor activities. Okay. I love when we go out of town. I love like the whole top golf feel. Mm -hmm. I would love to see something like that happen. I... I'm always surprised that we don't have something like that. Whether it's Top Golf, that brand. I mean, there's a there's another chain in Lubbock that's similar yes. under a different name. I'm real surprised we don't have a business like that here. I mean, Those hey, are always busy. Yes, and that's what I say. Maybe in ten years. Yeah, maybe so. Okay. When you talk to outsiders about Amarillo, what do you talk about? I talk to them about Amarillo. I usually it's about how big we're getting. You know, the restaurants, the people. Um, how great it is to have a family here. Mm -hmm. What I think that's really neat is where we're at, we're not too far from anything else. You know, okay. we're, we're about two hours from Lubbock, four hours from Oklahoma City, five and a half hours, almost six hours from Dallas. So I feel like this is a perfect point to where, you know, you could raise kids, have a good community, and then you're still able to travel everywhere else. Okay. What is your favorite local neighborhood? I would say, and I don't live there, but I probably drive by it maybe three to four days a week just because I go to the gym. I love Wolfland. Mm -hmm. I love driving by it. I love seeing the big historical houses. 
Um, of course, we've taken many pictures there, and I'm surprised nobody says, oh, hey, look, there's a Solis family. Yeah. I mean, who's not to love those spots? Um, get off at night during Christmas, see the lights, take pictures. I just love that area. It's just gorgeous. Okay. What's your favorite local restaurant or food truck? Mm, okay, that's hard. Hmm. And the reason it's hard is because I have a couple of favorite. Okay. Um, I love barbecue, number one. So, of course, it's going to be Tyler's. Like, that's my favorite. Um, sushi, you know, Chinese. I would say rain downtown. Hmm. And I always tell everybody, order a lychee martini. Yeah. Those are so good. So, that... Um, and I would say like a go-to, like if it's a little fast. And I mean, I grew up in that area. So I've had these burritos since I was 14. And I'm talking about the original location on 10th Street in the barrio Lupitas in the okay. Tortería. And Lupitas has expanded across the city. But that original 10th Street location is still a great place. Like yes. And, and they have has, fantastic burritos. And they have it has memories. Yeah. Like yeah. one of my uncles, when I was 14, and we worked at the market years ago that was the first burrito that he ever got and from there it was just word of mouth so i'm that place holds a lot of memories yeah. too so okay what's your favorite coffee shop that's coffee all right the is there a certain on one that you go to georgia the one on georgia it's good to like meet up with like a couple of times me and the owner have gone out there we've had team leads out there um it's just a cool atmosphere it doesn't feel like you're in amarillo mm -hmm. and i know that sounds so cliche to say that but it's nice because it has a more modern just look to it and it's cozy, so. Okay, and when was the last time you visited Cadillac Ranch? Well, that one, I haven't gone there. It's been a good couple of years. If you said Palo Canyon, I was going to say, oh, I go every, you know, two, three times a year, spring mm -hmm. break, or around springtime. I take my husky out there. We go to Secret Trails. She knows the way around. Um, Cadillac Ranch, it's been a very good while. Okay. But I know a lot of tourists that come by have to see that spot. Yeah. So I think it's pretty neat. Okay. Well, that concludes my eight straight questions. I like to close by asking my guests to endorse something. So what's one thing that you would like listeners to know about or to experience? Well, just say, you know, just going back to what I said earlier, um, it doesn't matter where you're from. I mean, the biggest thing is, is if you want it bad enough, you're going to work hard to get to your end goal. Got my license. I didn't go to college. I at well, actually, I went to one semester in college okay. at AC. At AC, yes, and I got a scholarship when I was at PD two for the ACE program. Mm -hmm. um, I went one semester, and I just figured out I just didn't like it. And it's it's okay. I mean, I don't think it's for everybody, and that's fine. You know, it is for some. It's not for others. But there's trade jobs out there. Yeah, you know, and trade jobs are great. Like, there's a lot of a lot of people that can make a really good living yes, from a trade job without the four years, you know, of, of college that yes. you might need. And another thing, though, too, is that now they have that program out there, um, MTech, yeah. that they offer high school students. That is so awesome because any high school, any kid from any high school here in Amarillo can go to that and figure out at a young age what they want to do. My son is 16, and he's going there. Okay. My daughter, you know, graduated last year. She's 19, and I think she went one year over there, too, so... For them to get that opportunity, you know, and again, it doesn't matter where you're from, whatever school you go to, you can get a license. You can do really, really well for yourself. So I just leave it for that. Okay. Crystal, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it too. And that concludes the episode. I want to say thanks to Crystal for the interview. You can find out more about her at BraxtonPaulSalon.com. 
Thanks also to Angelina Marie for editing this episode. And you know what? If you like this show, I uh, I hope you do. I assume you do because you've listened this far. Would you consider rating and reviewing it? And you can do that anywhere you listen to podcasts. It's a pretty easy step, and it helps other people find the show. I also want to say thanks to sponsors Shim and Dental, Lazy Boy Home Furnishings, and Panhandle Plains Historical Museum for supporting the show. And I also want to say this is the week of Panhandle Gives. Uh, so if you can support any nonprofits in this area, go to thepanhandlegives.org. If you're thinking of donating, do it this week. You've heard other guests talk about it in the past. Amarillo exists on a weekly basis because of listeners like you and the local people who support it financially through patreon.com slash heyamarillo. Hey Amarillo's executive producers include Jason Burr, Katie Linger, Jess Heredia, Corey Burns, Wilson Lemieux, Josh Wood, Wes Reeves, Barbara and Jim Witten, and Patrick Burns. This has been episode 275. My name is Jason Boyette, and I'll see you next week.